This is a Bulldog Radio Podcast. Season 3, Episode 36 of the MVSP Podcast. Myself, Joe Nagy, along with Brandon Worth, back at a second episode of second semester for us here in the studio. It's going to be a good one. We got NBA to talk about, Nick Lindstrom getting hired as the Red Wings coach. Whoop, whoop. Of course, the Fair State Sports Report to kick it off. And then maybe if we got some time, some Olympic sports to close out the show, as that's going to be happening pretty soon. I think less than a month starts the beginning of February, so very much excited for that. But Brandon, why don't you kick it off for the Fair State Sports Report? Kick it off. Too bad we don't have soccer. That would yeah, have been a beautiful been good. Transition. transition. I could. I probably should have said something more like nah. hockey. Like, let's skate this thing off or something uh, like that. Or we could shoot their way over there. We do have true. basketball. That is tonight with the airing of this episode on the 13th, Thursday night. The big one. Grand Valley. Anchor down. At Allendale. Boy, it's going to be a fun one. I know I personally want to go so bad i have some other obligations that unfortunately will prohibit me from going but i will certainly be following the game and i wish all of our basketball players the best of luck both on the women's and men's side gonna be a fun game both sides and i mean we've we've looked down the grapevine here especially in the media handles there's some definite stirring of the pot going on from the lakers there's some there's some things going back and forth a little bit, but, you know, we won't say, I mean, you can go on Twitter, go to Grand Valley and check it out for yourself, but, I mean, Brandon, are you going to look it up? I, I mean, I, what I've seen is they're, they're putting out these comparison tables of, you know, of course, Jake, who is their best player, um, and then Walt. They're comparing them. They're comparing That's not even fair. The they're two points. separate people. They're, they're two they're, separate skill sets. You, you just have to look up for yourself. You can take it with a grain of salt Even so, Walt's better, but here's the thing about that. They play in the South Division. Uh-huh. I mean, who's in the South? Uh-huh. Who's, in, who's in the South? <laughs> you tell me. Yeah. Who's good in the South? Wayne State? Mm. No. Purdue Northwest? Mm. No. <laughs> like, we have Michigan Tech that we got to play more. Like, they're in our division, so that's even tougher. Northern Michigan has been perennially pretty solid. I mean, they beat us in the GLIAC tournament like two, three years ago, our freshman year. So, like, you can't really compare because the South Division is nowhere close to the North Division in overall talent. And mm-hmm. then Ferris is going to go in today, go into the Grand Valley Fieldhouse. I don't know what their fieldhouse is called, but we're going to go in, do some business, do some work, and we're going to win. I don't know. When are we releasing this episode? Tomorrow? No, it'll be today. Today? Yeah. Even better. <laughs> we need to get this out to the people before this game happens. We do. Because we, we need to... We need to provide some extra spark on why this game is completely underrated. Like, it doesn't seem like a big thing right now, even though when, you know, it's like anchor bone week in football, mm-hmm. it's a whole different level. But it is the first week back, and we understand that. But, um, yeah, I just pulled it up here on there. It's on their men's basketball page. So what they did is they – um. They, we need you, 8 p.m. in the field house. It's going to be a big one. Be loud, be proud, help us beat Ferris, whatever. And – I. Those, those, that's fine. I just have like the problem of the fact that they went into like the stats of Wall and Jake. I know they're two. I mean, they're two great players. I mean, Van Terbergen like, is three, four times. He's won player, player, of the player of the week for the South, and Walt's won player of the week for the North. So like, obviously, they're going to be comparing those two guys. But like, you also can't at the same time because they're not going to be guarding each other. Yeah, they're not going to be like, like Walt's a two, mm-hmm. Jake's a four. Yeah. So, so like, you can't really. 
Yeah. You can't really compare that. Yeah, they put the players to watch. And that I, that's totally fine. They're hyping it up. That That's totally fine. But the way that they, like... They're they're obviously tweaking some of the the categories so that it looks similar, and I know that's 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 how the marketing aspect of it works. But they're just adding fuel to the fire. That's all I want them to know. That's the, the, that's all they're doing. And in reality, we're gonna find out on the hardwood tonight. And you know, by maybe if you're listening to this episode on Friday or over the weekend, we already know what the score is. So the score can prove itself who the better team is. But mm-hmm. it's going to be a fun game. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, those two guys are certainly going to be ones to watch. But I mean, it's two top teams. I mean, you really don't need to dive much into the stat sheet to know that this is going to be a fun game. And if Saginaw was any sort of a test to how this game will go, I mean, we're, we could be in for a dogfight that might take more than two halves to finish. Yeah, for sure. And I think, I don't know, I'm just pretty excited for it. I'm not going to be able to go either, which kind of stinks, but like, you know, scheduling with like classes and stuff, so that kind of sucks. But nonetheless, I'm pretty excited to watch out for it because it's going to be a blast. Uh, hopefully I can like watch it on like bu- the Bulldog Sports Network because that would be nice. But you have to pay for it now. Yeah, you might. So, like, that's, so I don't know if I'll be able to watch it or not, but I'll definitely be watching the highlights and stuff and be watching the Twitter uh, for the live tweets and all that, but. Regardless, I'm pretty excited for this one. Yeah, it's and there, a good kickoff for the weekend. There's also um, I read something that um, Grand Valley did or made a deal with um, ESPN for broadcasting rights on ESPN three for some of the games. So I don't know if that's possible, but I'm saying if you have ESPN plus, it might be on. There. I have ESPN plus. I do as well, but I know some people unfortunately don't have that. But you can listen online for sure. Rob Bentley, Sandy Golson, be on the call on ninety-seven point three Sunny FM, of course. And they will be bringing all the action on both the men's and women's side. I mean, the women's game is going to be just as fun. Gone the lady, um, excuse me, the Grand Valley um, ladies team, 14th, I think, overall in the coaches poll. Uh, I can't remember if we're still on the reserve or just in the top five. I can check that really quick. But, I mean, it's still going to be, it's still going to be a fun contest. It's like a rivalry game. Any sort of sport, any sort of, when the rivalry takes place, you wipe the rankings, you wipe the stats, you wipe the records. Because, you know, unless it's like a complete lopsided, like, one versus ten type conference matchup, I mean, obviously that'd be different. But mm-hmm. when you got teams that are in the middle of the pack, you can wipe everything clean. Because especially in rivalry um, games, it, it just wipes itself. It completely cleans slate. Anybody's going to win. We've seen upsets in the big fashion happen in huge rivalry games. And this certainly is one of those. Yeah, the women's side is definitely going to be a pretty solid one to watch. I mean, both of us are literally locked at the top of the GLIAC. So this is for the outright leaders so far. I'm really excited for it because Grand Valley is a great place to play. It's going to be a good atmosphere. It's going to be a good test for the adversity that we're going to be facing later on in the year. So if we're able to go in with a sweep, both men and women win it, I mean, that's going to be solid for us when we come back to uh, back to Wink next week. But I mean, we could transition into the Davenport game that's going in later on this week, uh, Saturday at Davenport. Going to be heading down back to Big or Grand Rapids, sorry, two Rapids in Michigan. It's kind of tough to kind of differentiate in my mind when I'm trying to go through. But regardless, it's going to be a good one. Davenport is also pretty solid. I think on the women's side, they're they're in the bottom, so that's not it's not going to be it's still going to be a test, but it won't be like as hard. It's not any easier on the road. Yeah, it's not easier going somewhere else is going to be tough, anyways. I think men's they're more middle of the pack, so. It's gonna be two two tough tests uh, for both of our teams, both this this tonight Thursday and Saturday night. Yeah, I mean right now, 
I mean, starting with the, the women's squad, I mean, ranked right now sixth in the Midwest region rankings right now. I mean, if you want a, a comparison as far as some other teams that are in there, Grand Valley is third, Saginaw is fifth, who we just beat last week, and Michigan Tech is right at the bottom, and 10 and Wayne State is in that conversation of... Um, I mean, but getting the one tonight will be obviously more important, and that's just going to be the momentum boost that this team really needs because, I mean, we've seen it this year already. I mean, Chloe Doney has brought back a new element to this team, being able to have a nice scoring big inside, and Maya Hiram has had some great minutes as well. She's uh, she had like 14 rebounds, I believe, in that Saginaw contest, which was mm-hmm. huge in Chloe's absence. I mean, getting Adrian back. Caden and Mallory can light it up from deep. So can Sam. And, I mean, everybody provides a spark to this team. There's really no, like, gaping holes on this team. So that we can really make a, t- we can make a statement by winning these two games, not only to the conference itself, but even to the regional opponents because, I mean, we've had some trouble with some of them already this season. I mean, the Lewis loss and the Indianapolis loss for men's and women's, obviously. Um, those ones were kind of the rough they're, they're obviously not the big games because mm-hmm. it's right before winter or it's during winter break it's before the holidays you get you know it's hard to get that turnover to get back in the competition mode and it's totally understandable but i mean that's still an l in the column and, and it's gonna it's gonna haunt you for the rest of the season but gotta make sure we take care of the basketball and we get good looks i mean we've had when we have the 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 games where we have the good looks and they fall, I mean, we can beat anybody. Mm-hmm. And that's on both sides. I, I've never seen a team that, or two teams that collaboratively can shoot the lights out at any moment of time just with a flip of a switch. It's incredible. But yeah. got to make sure, take care of the basketball, win the boards, win the 50-50 balls, and make sure that we play our game and not have that tendency to fade into the other team's tempo. Mm-hmm. And especially for the men's side, we're definitely a second-half team from what we've been able to see so far. There's a lot of times where we yeah. go into the half down or just tied, and we're not really too good, but we're able to come out hot. And I think if we're able to hold Grand Valley to Grand Valley and Davenport, especially on the men's side since Davenport's farther up in the rankings, I think, yeah, I just checked fourth. Uh, it's going to be solid because we'll be able to you know have a solid first half and then pick it up second half like we always do. So it's going to be a good weekend of basketball, and I'm excited to watch it and excited to excited – to, you know, bring some W's to the column and get back to Wink next week. Yeah, I mean, for the, the men's side, I'm really looking forward to seeing how the bigs play because obviously, I mean, we mentioned Van Tuberen already. He's going to be one guy that you're going to have to lock down yeah. on low um, to see how Logan Ryan, how who's potentially going to be guarding him. Maybe it's Dorian. We, we'll probably see Reese Hazleton on him for a little bit. He's a good defensive player. So we never know. And, I mean, Vegas has had some great minutes as well. So how those guys play can really facilitate the game because not only, like, they're not necessarily the scoring machine, like Jake can score the basketball, we get that. Mm-hmm. Our bigs aren't the tie or aren't the highest in the in the conference as far as points per game goes. Yeah. But what we do know is when they do have looks, they're often very good looks, and they often pass first. And that's why we have guys like Walt, like Dorian, like Ben that are just draining threes, Lee as well. So I mean, how they play kind of contributes to how the game flows as well. Because I mean, they they play really efficient basketball. I know we looked up back a couple weeks ago that Logan was one of the the best shooting bigs in the GLIAC. He just doesn't score as much because he's really efficient. So it's going to be interesting to see how those guys play. And I mean, especially against Davenport, where they have that advantage in down low, and how they're going to be able to use it could be a huge element to not only making us a legit team in this region, but a legitimate contender to move on in March. 
couldn't have said it better myself, Brandon. Could've I mean, I could have said it a little better. But couldn't have said know. it better. But now going to transition over to the sheet of ice against St. Thomas coming up this week for men's hockey. It's going to be pretty good, pretty solid. We talked a little bit about it last episode, but kind of go more in depth. These are two huge games that we need to win, especially if we want to, you know, I guess not save the program, but save the image of the program, I feel like. That's a big thing. It's not as big of a name as these some of these other teams that we've played, but still two games that we can win and really show out. Yeah. Two wins. That's what we need. That's the goal. Two that's wins. That's the goal for this week. Not if you one. Don't get, we need two. Maybe three. Maybe I'm four. I'm just trying to Maybe tweet. Maybe we spark and Dude, get when on I, a roll. When that's I tweet, what that's what here's I'm the thing. When I tweet for li- or live tweeting hockey and stuff like that, you know how much of just a – how. I want to say sad, but just like how down I get when I'm just like, yo, Ferris goal. And then at the end, I have to tweet like three opponents' goals in a row and then be like, ah, oh, we lost. My, That's not good. <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> it's like, well, that's fun. I'm guys, just going to go eat some more B-dubs that we have. Guys, I can attest to this. This man goes through a huge cycle of emotions through every hockey game. You know how hard it is to make some good tweets and stuff and then like, oh, yeah. And then it's like, oh, we wasted lost. We a, lost. a lost night. I I mean the enthusiasm that can br- be brought up into the box is incredible. I know that a couple of us, you know, myself and Joe included, have had to like I mean, we got, be we restrained got, we sometimes. Got, we got told to calm down a little bit. Sure, sure. Because I mean, that, hey, you got to be quiet in the box. We know that. But, but that one of but that, that that one to be to be fair, the one that we were talking about, we went ahead and we that's the one that we won against Miami when we were like getting pretty hyped. Yeah, because it was a turnaround. And yeah. that's what everybody's I mean, first waiting win, for. First home win in, against an actual D1 opponent. In a while, so, yeah. In a while. Yeah. yeah. No, that's what that's what we're saying. Is like We had the anticipation going into the season that this team was different, that this team is much better, that they're more experienced, and that it's going to be a much better year. And then after the first loss, we're like, oh, this isn't great. I mean, we lost 7-4 in the opener against Miami. And then we come back, make that huge OT winner, and that's, of course, the play we're talking about where Pokey knocked it back in on the yeah. rebound to win it in OT. But that was like the big moment of like, yeah, everybody's like celebrating. And it's like, oh, yeah, professional, professional. 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 It, but we couldn't hold it in because it was just the long-weighted Ah, oh, finally, yeah. we got it done kind of a moment, which we've gotten that ability to do it multiple times. I mean, we've beat this team already in St. Thomas before. Like, in the second game, we just we just simply fell apart a little bit. And if we can hold it together and play good hockey, I know this is not a great situation to come off of. I mean, getting, getting handed two large L's by the Mavericks mm-hmm. in the one spot is definitely hot, tough on the road, but I mean... This is this is your best bounce back. This is the best team to get back on track. I mean, these mm-hmm. are two easily very winnable games, but we've got to play good hockey. We got to make sure we have good on the defensive line. We got to make sure that we have good passes and make good looks cuz there's times where we've gotten great looks, but it's just we don't have enough of those and the other teams do. So, yeah. getting up, setting the plays up. We got a good coaching staff that makes everything happen and just make sure we play smart Good hockey, you know. Let's do that hockey. Let's do that. Yeah, St. Thomas is sitting right below us at the bottom of the leaderboard in the CCHA. We're seven. They Winnable. are eight. They are one and twelve overall. We are Winnable. three and nine. So Both hopefully, games we can. I mean, coming hot. I mean, and plus the three wins that we have. I mean, one's over Minnesota State, and one's over Lake Superior, who's kind of sitting in the middle of the pack. So we're doing pretty solid, but we just got to come out hard against St. Thomas and get a win because this is big. Like we've said, we can't stress it enough. This is a like a huge opportunity for us to really show the fan or for them to show the fans and show us 
the fans that like they're back and they're ready to turn this program around. Yeah, we we, we desperately need this, and I mean, I I can't stress enough just how much like this town needs this because I mean it's everybody been, shows up, dude. Town it, shows up for the hockey games. This I know they thing. still come, and it's like, man, you guys are you guys are devoted, you know. But um, I mean, it's it's going to be a fun fun weekend. I mean, the Friday and the Saturday games. Saturday they will be on. Um, the athletic department will be honoring. Mil- um, Dr. Melissa Daniel for her 20 years of service to us. I appreciate her very much because she helped me with my broken foot two or a year ago in the winter. So I appreciate everything she's done, and do so do all the other Bulldog athletes. So that's another cool incentive to come out to the games, and it's gonna be a fun one. Six o'clock on Saturday, seven o'clock on Friday. I know. Um, seven oh seven, six oh seven, respectively. Yes, uh, I know. There's a challenge put out. Um, by. The, Harrison Watt himself on the, the the broadcast crew that he challenged the team to score enough goals to make me lose my voice. So, hey, there's an incentive. I mean, that would be laugh. A I would couple love to voice hear some Harrison voice cracks. That would be on great. Here. Honestly, that's what we need, though. That's what we need. I know we, we need, need a, we need some a night energy like that. up in there, up on the up on the broadcast. But regardless, gonna be a good one. Gonna be a good weekend. Yes, more tickets are available. I I believe the flash sale is over, mm-hmm. so they're not two dollars. But I believe there's still tickets available, so you can check those out at FairStateBulldogs.com. Anyway, moving on. Indoor track starts this weekend, as you we mentioned. They're gonna be in Grand Valley. Gonna be a nice meet. Um, it's gonna be a smaller meet, so not as many teams will be there. So a nice little Kickstarter, you know break the rust off because you know running indoors is one a hard thing to adjust to and two all shorter distances and cross country is not easy to adjust to either so gonna be fun looking forward to going to it so gonna be fun to watch my teammates in action i'll be back hopefully on the timeline late january early february so looking forward to that but my teammates got this they're gonna do great and i can't wait to see them run their butts off at the bob eubanks open uh, one other sport that we did not mention last week, because I completely glanced over at my notes. I sincerely apologize. Tennis is in action this weekend. The men's team going on to Western to face the Broncos. So that will be a fun matchup for them getting started their season here in January. I know their February-March schedule will be much more busy um, going into the actual conference plays. So mm-hmm. you can follow all those sports and more on the website at FairStateBulldogs.com once again. We're on season three of the MVSP, but when we were first starting out this podcast, Brandon and I had no clue what we were doing. So we turned to Anchor.fm, and that's what we did to make sure that we were able to make a great podcast for you guys to enjoy. Anchor does a great job of being able to help you edit, produce, and distribute your own podcast to every single platform that you can think of, and to make sure that your voice is heard by audiences everywhere. If you guys want to start your own podcast and make one, Go on to anchor.fm and you guys can start one with ease. Thank you again to our partners for making this show possible. They are wonderful, and we're looking for more. If there is a organization business that would like to partner with us, shoot us a request at the MBSP at gmail.com. We'll see you. And we'll be in touch, you know? Of course. Me and Joe like to promote stuff. I like to promote stuff. Marketing, you know? Yeah. We I just, mean, I'm not a marketing major by any means, but no, like... but it's know, fun, you know? fun. We love it. In, so. that, in that pay? I'm not going to pay, yeah, but... Yeah, I mean, we can. I mean, I mean we can try. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we can always try, man. We're, we love everybody that we work with, and 
for everything that helps make this show blast. possible. Absolute blast. For sure. Anyway, moving now on to the hardwood once again, this time in the professional circuit of the National Basketball Association. Haven't talked about it very much in the last couple weeks. Just had a lot of football going on. But yeah. back on the hardwood is Clay Thompson. Welcome what a back. Honestly, what a return. Long way. I saw a graphic that was like last time Clay was in the NBA, like AD was on the Pelicans. Like, Jimmy Butler was on the Sixers, and it was, like, five other people that are, like, have played for, like, five teams already in these, like, past, like, two years. John Morant was 15 years old. <laughs> Holy crap, dude. That's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, it's or it's something like that. But anyway, that's that's insane, just the, the whole idea of how long he's been gone, because it, it never really felt like that, honestly. Like, you knew he was out for a long time. But it never truly felt like it was, like, that long of a time, you know? Like, he was always there. He was always on the bench. And, I mean, Steph had been doing so well. I mean, he'd been really picking up the slack for both of them. But, I mean, what? A, yeah, what a return. He looked awesome. He looked explosive. That was the number one thing that I saw was, like, I mean, that thunderous poster slam certainly gave me the confidence that he's back, back. He's not just, like, yeah, he's getting back into the swing of things. Yeah, it's going to be slower or like that. back. And that's going to make this Warriors team that much more deadly, uh, especially now as they are at the number two spot, only trailing the Suns by one game. But one team that's trailing them by th- or two and a half games, the Warriors, that is, was the team that beat them on Clay's return, Memphis. They are looking great. They have won, I believe, they've they won 10 four, in a row. 14. 10 in a row. 10 in a row. What a, what, a, what a team. I mean, Memphis is a team on paper that you're like, yeah, they're good. Are they thir- top three teams in the Western Conference on paper? No. No. Not even close. But, I mean, you got guys that have, have just been playing some brilliant, brilliant basketball Desmond Bain has been one of them he's been a huge asset um to compliment John Morant and even take over for John Morant really while he was out as well as Tyus Jones those two have been great and I mean Jaron Jackson Jr. has been great Steven Adams of course is looking like the big that they really wanted for so long after losing um Val or not Valanciunas no, well, they had Valanciunas, and then they lost him again. Yeah. So, to replace that, and then, of course, I mean, you got guys like Kyle Anderson, Jarrett Culver that you can pull off the bench, Dylan Brooks when he's healthy is an asset to this team. But, I mean, Memphis isn't the team on paper that you would say is not top three. I would say they're more like uh, you'd probably initially, just off of, like, pure outlook of what these teams are is popularity-wise, you're like, all right, yeah, Suns, Warriors – Lakers, some might say Mavericks, some might say Clippers, but I mean, yeah, you want to put three them out of the teams I just mentioned are in the top half of or the bottom half of the conference. Yeah, that's just not rid- good. That's ridiculous. I mean, especially when Memphis drafted John Morant, I was like, all right, this kind of like a turning point for that organization because I really liked him when he was in college and he was able, he was basically like the lead player for Murray State. So mm-hmm. I knew like whoever drafted him was going to be able to get a player that was going to be a leader and going to be a franchise player and was going to be able to like 
I wouldn't say like lead solo, but be able to kind of like bring everybody around him up and like improve everybody around him. So I knew there was only going to be a matter of time for them to just get the right piece around him to be able to really strive uh, to the top of the Western Conference. And they already have. I mean, it only took him, what, two years since he's been drafted. So that's just really impressive for what Jaw's been able to do in the front office of the, of the Grizzlies have been able to do. But I mean, also almost beating Golden State by double digits. I mean, by eight yeah. is a pretty solid feat for how much points were scored in that game, especially with, I mean, Clay being back and how well that, like you said, how well Curry's been able to hold down the fort uh, in his absence. So, I don't know. It's pretty interesting to see, like, how well Memphis is playing. And I'm pretty excited to see what they're going to be able to do. I mean, they've still got a lot of season left. I mean, they only have played, like, 43 games so far. So it's still going to be a lot of time to test for them. they got about, like, what, 60 more games or something like that. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how it goes, but I'm really liking where they had it. Yeah, and I mean they don't have like they know they're they're like the classic teams that you know like I've publicized on the show that I really like the teams that aren't suit like they're not just like pick and choose your superstars and let's go they're actually like really well coached mm-hmm. really well like camaraderie wise they play good basketball they're efficient they're able to shoot from distance and they're able to use the inside to their advantage and I think that when you look at this team like. You don't necessarily see like them finals bound, but I mean they're a team that can you you could look at as far as going into the first round or if we have some sort of midseason tournament like Co- or Adam Silver keeps talking about that the coaches don't really want. But if that ended up happening, you'd be like, hmm, this is a team that you'd be like, I don't know if I'd want to play them right now. Yeah. And I would say that you would not want to play Memphis. You would rather play LeBron James in the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, they make a oh, excuse me, jeez, a little tired. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, it's Thursday. It's, I mean, it's the a, Lakers have been pretty snoozeworthy oh, lately, dude, as of late. You're telling me, twenty-one, twenty-one, not as good. And like, there's times where I look at their team and I'm just like, especially when they got their team together, I was like, what's gonna work for them is their experience. But like, we've seen that like since all of them are so old that like, it's tough for them to actually be able to like gel together. I think and be able to like actually get all of them on the court at one time. Because rarely do we see any of them, especially with load management, be like sitting in the or, you know, suiting up and be able to play all together as one. And then not only that, you have Russell Westbrook, who's been, you know, a little lackluster, not very good. I like, there's a video of Shannon Sharp I saw. It's like Shannon Sharp is like saying that Russell Westbrook is like the popular girl at the other school that everybody has a crush on. And then once you finally get her, you realize like why nobody wanted her. Yes. At the same time, at the, yes. in the first place. And like that's kind of what I've see with him especially is just like because he has just not been able to produce I don't know why because like yeah he's been able to play pretty solid but like there's more often than not he's kind of been able or I wouldn't say pretty solid but he's been like a little bit lackluster like I said before but I don't know Lakers not really playing as well as I thought they were going to especially with this you know such a veteran and such a star studded uh, I was going to say cast such a star studded roster that they have yeah I mean you look at the job that the executive office is done. I mean, the Buzz family, you have um, uh, the Buds as well. Like, you, you look at everything that they've been trying to do. They want to bring Laker magic back. They want to bring the glory of what the Lakers stand for, the star-studded lineups, the, the, the winning culture. But that doesn't necessarily mean that, like, when you look at this team, that means you get all the big-name guys and all the the, the big tier like young names I mean they brought in Mac McClung before already just to put that into perspective but this team has a problem 
and they can't keep the basketball. Their top five worst in turnovers, though, are 15 a game. Yeah. And the one guy you just mentioned is one of the guys that contributes major numbers to that in Westbrook. So it's it's tough. I know, like, LeBron's been on a scoring – he's a scoring machine right now. He's, I think, second in the league, only trailing KD. Yeah. And that's great for him, but – I mean, at the end of the day, like, you can win scoring titles, but you don't win rings. That takes away from, yeah. especially, that especially when we have the discussion every single year on who's better, scoring titles or championships. Which one are you going to take in that argument in mm-hmm. comparison? Yeah. And, I mean, like you said with scoring, like, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. It's like, you can be a scoring, cho- you can be a scoring champion, I've Scoring, ch- yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my words are getting I, I all sorts of messed up. Anyway, I know where you're going. You can going. be Keep a scoring going. champion, but when it comes down to it, it's like you can only do so much for a team. You're not going to be able to bring a team to the – I mean, you can bring a team to the finals, but I don't think you're going to be able to win a finals by any means just being a scoring champion. I mean, when we saw LeBron like his first couple of years, like he wasn't a scoring champion or anything, but he was still like putting up incredible numbers. But then when it got to the point where they needed to you know, really finish it out at the championship – they couldn't do it mm-hmm. because they just didn't have the guys around them. And I think that's the one thing is like you have the players who you think would be good to be able to gel together, especially on Lakers squad, but like they are just not really producing how you thought it was. So it's like, where is the actual problem here? Is it kind of with, you know, LeBron kind of taking the ball and stuff? Is it Russell turning it over too much? Is it not getting it off minutes for Dwight and Carmelo and stuff like that? Is it, you know, trying to get some more younger guys in there to get some more longevity when those guys decide to have load management issues and start want to sit out a little bit. But the Lakers have a lot to talk about because if they kind of go on this downward path, especially right now if they're 500 and when we're nearing the middle of the season, you definitely want to be a couple of games above 500 for you to be in a solid spot because right now them being ranked eighth in the Western Conference right now does not really bode well because they have to get over the Clippers, the Nuggets, the Mavericks, the Jazz, who all the four teams I just mentioned are pretty solid when it comes to later on in the year. And then not to mention the Grizzlies, Warriors, and Suns who are rounding out the top three of the, of the division. So like that's the hardest part about it for them is not only do they have to figure it out, the internal issues that they have, but they also got to put that together and beat some really good teams that are above them, which I'm not sure if that'll be able to happen. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at some of these other teams in the Western Conference, Phoenix, Golden State, I would take Denver. And honestly, would, would Jamal Murray obviously make this team better? Absolutely. And I yeah. really love watching Jamal Murray play. And I love to see him back on the floor ASAP. But I know that that coaching staff, according to media and everything that they've done, saying that's not very close to happening. So Denver is going to be they – they, they're going to probably slip up a little bit. But, I mean, Will Barton – Joker, those guys have played really well this year, and they're still doing very well. And, I mean, obviously you got Doncic and the Mavericks, the Jazz, always a really well-coached team, discipline. They're up there as well. And, I mean, Portland's not necessarily going to be a, as much of a factor anymore now that Damian has successfully went through his surgery. He's going to be out for a while. There is a chance he'll return by the end of the season, but, I mean, they're sitting in the 10th spot right now. they got teams like the Kings and the Spurs behind them, and hey, the Houston Rocket? No, stop that. <laughs> but, I mean, you still have other teams that are, are, are going to be chomping at the bit. I mean, if Zion ever comes back on the floor ever again, I don't know I don't know what's been taking so long in that scenario. I mean, I understand they're being very cautious with them, but this just seems like they're being overly cautious almost. But that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother story. I would still say, like, 
you have the Lakers and Blazers as like, oh yeah, they're going to make the playoffs. I, I Slow down a little bit. Are you sure? Because, I, I mean, you look at the Lakers, they've been inefficient. You look at the Blazers, they lost Dame. So now those are those are two big-time teams that we're not going to see in the playoffs. But some teams we are going to see in the playoffs, especially in the Eastern Conference. Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie's back. This team looks like it did again. I mean, a, just a monster win over the top-seeded Bulls who've had a very good season. And, boy, that front office looks ch- like champions right now. But I mean, you still gotta be, you gotta still be happy if you're a Brooklyn fan. See Kyrie on the floor, and I mean, there's a chance that he might get reinstated full time to play home and away games. There's still rumors going on around that. But I mean, they get Kyrie back with how well James Harden's playing and KD. I mean, we mentioned it last year. This team should be an Eastern Conference favorite, no doubt about it. Yeah, and that's like the big thing. I think that's been like the really the heat of controversy, I want to say controversy, but heat of debate, especially within like the Nets organization, the fan base, and just like in an NBA sense in general, it's just like, what are the Nets going to be like when Kyrie returns to full-time? Because especially later on in the season, it's like, it's going to be great when you're home, but what's going to happen when you don't get that home court advantage near the end, when you don't get the game seven at your place, when you, you know, when you play the first two and then the then the four five, or you play one, two, and then five, six. But then seven, when the game really matters, Kyrie isn't there, and he's not going to be able to do some damage to any team that you face. And being number two already, it looks like they're going to be playing pretty well. I mean, the Bulls squad right now is just lights out uh, from what we've been able to see. But I don't know. It just seems like the Nets right now are playing really solid. And like you said, once Kyrie gets back, if he's able to get reinstated to full time, which personally I don't think that's going to happen, especially seeing how like the NBA has handled like the vaccine status so far and all that. So I don't think that's going to happen per se. But I don't know, when Nets get later on the season, what's going to happen? It's just the same thing. It's like, what's going to happen when you don't have your full full roster around you? Because later, when they're home, they're going to be lights out. But when they're away, I think that's when it's going to be a little bit more difficult for them to get some wins. Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing with this whole scenario, I believe, is if it's for Kyrie, just Kyrie, that's a problem. It needs to be everybody. Yeah. It, it can't just be for him. And we know, like... Yeah, but it makes it makes NBA better, it makes the ratings better. But that's not fair, you know. It's not equality. Yeah, that's not fair. So, I mean, it makes ever it makes the game better. It makes more no. It makes more money. I get that, but I I would just say if you're in that like Kyrie knows he knows what he wants. It's yeah. pretty obvious. He didn't want like there was pretty. It was very made clear that uh, you will not get played unless you're vaccinated. He said okay. So I'm going to go play yeah. in the gym and wait until somebody folds over or somebody decides to bite the bullet and yeah. cave in. And that's exactly what happened. And the fact of it is, is if it's going to go for him, it's got to go with everybody else. So there's going to be outlash because sure. there's some people that could really benefit a lot of franchises that might not necessarily have that. And that's their choice. And that's all that really we need to get into on that situation. But yeah. I mean, you also got the Bucks in there, the 76ers. They've been reported that they're close to potentially getting a Simmons trade, but they want to package Tobias Harris too. Joe, is this a good idea for Philly? I don't think so, to be honest. I, I don't know. I like Tobias because Tobias Harris, I don't know. I feel like he's more a franchise player for the 76ers. I think he should stay. But I think getting rid of Ben Simmons is a great idea because just the relationship that they've had so far has not been super great, uh, especially with just like him just wanting to be out of there and his past couple of years that he's been, you know, producing for them. And they, I mean, they made it, <coughs> excuse me, they made it pretty far, but you know, when 
you say trust the process, and when that trust the process started with uh, you know him getting drafted, with Ben Simmons getting drafted, it's like, how long is this process going to last? Mm-hmm. I mean, the process should have been finished two years ago, but it's not because they lost to nope. the Raptors. You know, so it's stuff like that. But I don't think Tobias Harris is a great idea because he's been a solid player for them. I mean, he's I'm pretty sure he's averaging in the double digits right now. He's almost at 10 rebounds a game, I think it is. That's what he's averaging. I know he got eight against the Hornets the other other night. So he's a great player. I don't know why they would get rid of him. Maybe because players just, or organizations don't want Ben Simmons at all, which I would understand. So they're trying to like sweeten the deal a little why bit. Why would you want to take that on? But, like, no? but that's the thing is like, I don't think Tobias Harris, <laughs> Harris, Tobias Harris is the greatest option for that or the greatest idea to package that in. Because you want to keep a guy like that who's been with the organization, who actually embodies the trust the process mentality. And I think getting rid of him is going to be a lot more bad than good. And that's going to set you back a little bit. So finding someone else in the organization to trade off would be a good idea. Just not Tobias Harris. Bad idea. Yeah, I think the Tobias Harris has been dealt in the past. And obviously he can be... He's a valuable asset to any team. He's, he's a guy that he's not a big name. He's not KD. He's not LeBron. But he makes teams better instantly when he's on the floor for whatever team he's with. And he is a he is one of the best glue pieces to a team because we've seen with Philly, like once they brought him in and that trade they made a couple years ago, they took off. And that team that team was lights out. And they made it all the way and then Raptors got him. That's that's simply how that went down. Mm-hmm. So the fact of it is he makes them better. They're to me, this just make this just makes it seem like they're trying all they can to get rid of Simmons. That's really what it is. Because now they're packaging Tobias with him. They're saying, "Hey, we will even give you Tobias if you can just please get him off of our roster and away from Philly as fast as possible." And that just makes the situation worse because now the GMs are smart enough to know that, and they know something bad is going on. So yeah, the fact of it is, I just don't. I just. I don't see a team that wants to take that on, man. I really don't. I mean, I'm looking up and down. I mean, we've had some teams that have made moves already. I mean, I mean, we have breaking news actually right now on the on the podcast. I wish we had like a some sort of like a sound effect we could do for like breaking news, you know. But oh hey, <laughs> oh hey, we, look hey, at that. That might be news. copyright. I'm there not sure. Go. I don't know. That might that might be bad. Uh, ESPN, we're sorry, we didn't mean to steal that or anything. But yeah, uh, breaking news: the Hawks have traded Cam Reddish. To the Knicks in exchange for what has been claimed to be Solomon Hill, Kevin Knox, a first-round pick, I believe, in this upcoming draft, and then a later uh, future second that might be, I think it's at 24-25, anything like that. So Hawks won Cam Reddish now gains four wins and will trade in his um, his red and white Atlanta jersey for an orange red, and white blue and yellow. New York Knickerbocker jersey. Uh, they should bring those ones back, by the way. Those ones are cool. But um, And also... Unfortunate news for Pistons fans. Bull Bull is not coming to Detroit anymore. The trade was made earlier this week. Turns out he didn't pass his physical, so the trade was considered void. No Bull Bull for us. Sad face. No. Yeah, I know, right? It was I like so the guy. Good. I thought it was going to be good. Dude. I love the trade. because I, I think that we need to pursue something very similar to that. If it's not Bull Bull, 
I mean, what are we going to do about it? He didn't pass his physical. He's not ready to play in their minds. So is that a, is that right? probably the right move? Sure. But would we have loved to watch Bull Bull play? Sure. But we need to make some sort of a deal like this because without Jeremy, and the reality is Jeremy's on the block, no matter who what or anybody says, he's on the block, and we know that. There's a good chance he could be gone. He's gonna go. He could go to a contender to try to make them a, a championship team with him on this on that side. So we need to prepare for having a big to take his spot. Sadiq's been playing well. Cade's been playing well. Killian's been getting in. We've got all the pieces around. The big is where we have a little bit of problem with. I love Trey Lyles. He's not a starting caliber player. Olenek. Is he, a, is he a long-term guy? I don't think so. I think he was just a stopgap to try to help with Isaiah Stewart, but Isaiah Stewart's currently injured. So is that going to be a move that we make to send somebody like Rodney Magruder? I think yes. I think that's something that Troy Weaver is going to explore to the T because I, I, I really think that Rodney should have the, the right to go play somewhere else because just frankly, with all the young guys, Saban, Isaiah Livers now in the mix, He's just not going to play as much. And that's just the frank of it. And then there's Frank Jackson, Josh Jackson. He's not going to play. And frankly, if he wants to get more playing time, he should go somewhere else. And I think we definitely need to book him. But we're not getting Bull Bull. And it's just it's unfortunate. just unfortunate, man. Yeah. I don't know. I really like that trade. I you did, know, too. I it's not going through. It was a high ceiling, low risk. Yeah. And it, and it would have worked out. But I guess that's the reason why they let him go so fast. It makes sense, though. But mm. Detroit sports are on the rise, though. We have that hope, is true. Joe. We that have is hope, true. Joe. And I think I know where we're going to segue into this one, going over to the ice for the Wings. He is back. Well, yes, sir. He's back. He was already there. But he's now the – he's a big dog. He's a big dog. Out of way. Nick Littstrom hired Red Wings Vice President of Hockey Operations. They're g- Stevie Y is getting the band back together. Per- I love this, dude. It's going to be so good. Especially, dude, Eiserman, the Eiserman plan, dude, just let it come to fruition. And I knew that was going to happen as soon as we hired him. Love this hire because Nick Lidstrom loves Detroit. He's a guy who embodies the city. I mean, former player, obviously, one of the greatest captains in our history of being an organization. Dude, this is just, it's chef's kiss. It's chef's kiss, honestly. I love this so much. Yeah, could we say the perfect hire? I think you could, honestly. The perfect hire is the perfect human. I mean, I love this. I mean, you just mentioned that, how much he means to this city, and I, I can't I can't express to you how many Wings fans that I saw, once they saw this, praised everything going on. This is exactly what everybody's been waiting for, getting him back in the office. This is a great move. I, I absolutely love everything about it. It just <coughs> makes everything look more upbeat it makes everything brighter instantly just with that bringing back nick lidstrom or i shouldn't say bringing him back but elevating him he was working with the scouting department for the last 10 or 7 10 years with as far as draft picks and um at personnel and stuff like that but now he's got he now he's in the spot where he can start really making changes making to this team moves. and really getting this team forward because I mean, Detroit's in a pretty good spot right now when it comes to the Wings. I mean, right now they're sitting at 16-16. and 16. I mean, in the quote of Joe Nagy, nothing to shake a stick at, you know? Yeah. Fifth in the Atlantic, could be better, could be worse. But we're on the way up, and we're better than some teams. A lot better than last place, like we were for like two or three years in a row, so Absolutely. that's better. 
I don't know. I just love this hire. I think it's going to be a really good turning point. I mean, we got some great. I mean, Cider's been picking it up. Uh, I literally just had his name in my in my mouth, and then I just totally forgot it. Dylan it's, Larkin, Lucas Raymond. Sure. Yeah, Lucas Raymond. There That's who it is. All right. He's been killing it. He's a young talent who I'm really hoping that we keep in a Detroit uniform for a long time. I think Dylan Larkin, as a captain, has been really able to pick up this team as well. I mean, he's a Michigan guy. He's been able to embody what this city means. The Detroit grit, he's been able to really adopt that. And I think that's the one thing that, you know, the Red Wings now have been able to really do well. Of course, we're, like, still falling some games and we're not, like, super dominant or anything. But, like, just I feel like the culture of this, especially as well as, like, all of Detroit sports is starting to change. I mean, you got Giovanni Smith, who's been our enforcer, who's just been absolutely incredible being able to kind of hold that down and be able to be just a force and, uh, you know, not a lot of cheap stuff is going on for the Red Wings, especially when he's on the ice, too. And also, Wes McCauley, greatest ref of all time, especially oh, the greatest call yes. of two minutes for fighting. Yes. Love that guy. He's oh, one of the greatest man. refs of all time. Put him in the Hall of Fame for that. But I don't know. I love where the Red Wings are going. I'm really hoping that we keep this going. I keep on saying going. It's it's getting me. I'm I'm starting to get annoyed by myself with that. But anyway, <laughs> Nick Listrom is going to be a great, great start for us with this kind of new era as well. But... We're just doing great things, and I think if we keep on compounding all these great things and really bring it in, I think in the next couple of years we're going to be making playoffs again. We're going to be making playoffs consistently, and I think in the next you know five six years we might be cup contenders. Oh man, you're you're just getting me juiced up right now. The Motor City is on the up and up, and I think yes, sir. that's that's really a good thing. The Pistons are a little behind. We get that. The Lions are obviously on stage one, as some of the other teams have gotten a head start, like the Wings. And now we're starting to see that little up and up. I mean, the Tigers we've seen a huge flip with AJ Hinch, and that's only going upward. But I mean. The fact of it is, with Lidstrom now, with Stevie Y, with all the personnel, with Blash, they know it's very obvious that they're starting to click. They, they're yeah. figuring stuff out. They're getting some of these guys. I mean, Tyler Bertuzzi, man, when he's on the ice, it seems like we just score. I mean, he's got a 12-plus minus leading the team. Just send him on. Just just sit him in the corner, and then we just score. It's just how – and he's got the best shooting percentage, so I love watching him play. But, I mean, we've got so many great pieces. You mentioned Sider, Raymond, Larkin, Bertuzzi, like I just mentioned, Ronick, Suter. Uh, like, you just have so many other – just huge valuable pieces. I mean, Mark Stahl was a huge ad as well. Um, Nick Letty has been all right. But, I mean, a lot of these guys, younger, or they're just getting a second chance. Yeah. And now we're seeing that kind of like a the rise from the ashes, the bounce back. Like, it's just all coming together a little bit. And it's just really, really cool to see. I'm like, I'm starting to get like shivers just talking about it. Just because, like... You see where we're at. I mean, I just mentioned fifth in the Atlantic. I mean, we're trailing Boston by a couple games, uh, but and then we're not we're not in the same caliber as the Panthers and the Lightning. That's understandable. But I mean, we're better than the Canadians, who were a hot tier team just a couple years ago. And I mean, it's like now the whole flip the script. We're on our way up, and we can be nothing but excited. I, mm-hmm. I mean. I just love the fact that we're all we're all doing this together. The Pistons, the Lions, the Tigers, the Wings. We're all rising together. And maybe Rise one day as one. we'll get to all experience a championship together. Boy, how great would that be? Dude, if there's a chance. Dude, let me tell you what. I want in my lifetime to be able to like, of course, I've experienced like the Red Wings winning the Cup in 08 and stuff like that. But 
being able to experience that, like, now, if I was able to, like, see the Red Wings win a Stanley Cup or, like, Tigers win a World Series, could have been, uh, but, you know, kind of just, like, let that one fall through our fingers a couple years ago. Not going to talk about it because it's going to be up bad memories. Understandable. If, if it happens, the Lions win the Super Bowl, maybe that'll happen sometime in our lifetime. Who knows? <laughs> but, and also, if, like, the pit, like, once again, like, I was, like, a baby when the Pistons won the when the won the championship. Yep, I so was like, three. It's been a long time for us to like be able to experience those things and I'm just very excited to be able to you know, just experience it. Because like my brothers and like my parents and stuff like that and like people that I know have been able to like be old enough to like watch all the games and experience it and be able to like celebrate and like have a good time like when that happens and be able to like you know have that community and like that unity of, you know, just being a sport fan and stuff like that. But I don't know. I just am excited to see where this organi- where these organizations go because I think it's going to be a big, big moment for Detroit sports fan in the state of Michigan as a whole, just to be able to experience this all over again. And really, I think it's going to be a new era of Detroit sports coming up pretty soon. I don't think Detroit's going to go on that twenty year uh, playoff streak. I don't think by any time soon. But you know, one of these times, I think we're going to surprise a lot of people and and make it far. Yeah, I mean, on the up and up. It's, we'll say that. We'll just keep saying that over and over and over again. We're going to beat a dead horse every time. Yeah, just keep beating the dead horse because, I mean, we're seeing the signs. I mean, like what we've seen, we should have we should have no confidence in Detroit with the Lions right now. We should have no confidence. But everybody's like, yeah, Dan seems to be the guy. Brad knows what he's doing. This team's starting to like playing football together. And there's, they still won some games they shouldn't have. It's like, hey, there's some hope. And I think that's just all Detroit has been looking for with all of our sports for so many years now. I mean, we get the glimpses. Pistons make the playoffs. I mean, you mentioned the Wings and the Pistons getting some early cups in the early 2000s. Um, I mean, the Lions, yeah, we don't need to mention that. But, I mean, Barry said it himself. Barry Sanders saying, hey, I like where this is going. I like what this team's showing. They're fighting every single game. And that's what Dan said he would do. But it's going to be fun. I'm looking forward to seeing the Motor City continue to go on the up and up. And it's going to be fun. But finally, mm-hmm. wrapping up the show, Beijing Winter Olympics 2022 is almost here. Yeah, February yeah, yeah. 4th is the start. Well, only a couple weeks away. There's some things going around that's saying, I don't know, they, Omicron's starting to get there. But, I mean, can they afford to cancel another one? I don't know. Here's the thing about, like, the Olympics in general. I feel like they've gone down and like, I want as at least like a as like for like USA athletics and stuff like that. I feel like they've gone down because especially with Winter Olympics, them not allowing uh you know NHL players to play in the in hockey or at least NHL not allowing NHL players to play, that really brings down like the viewership and kind of like the excitement of it. Because who won it last time? Germany. When I watched it, it was a bunch of like old retired like NHL guys playing, and it was nowhere near the caliber, the speed or like the talent that we're used to seeing, it is definitely not the best players from each country playing each other. Yeah. And that's the thing. It's like <clears throat> when you watch the Olympics, that's what you're looking forward to is watching the best players of all best, best players of each country going head to head to play for their country. And I think that's the one thing that we need to see is like just a lot of changes. And the same thing that happened with like the Summer Olympics, it just seemed like it was a little bit less because there were some players who were opting out and it definitely wasn't the best players of each, you know, sport like basketball we didn't have those guys like LeBron and Steph and stuff like that playing you know soccer I mean we had some good guys so soccer was a little bit different but I don't know it was just a little bit 
it just wasn't as much of a grade A caliber performance that we've been seeing in these past couple of years. So I'm really hoping that this year is a lot different. But it just seems like the Winter Olympics as a whole, especially, has just been going down because it seems like there's you know not as many sports. It's a little bit harder to get into because you know there's not as many people who are super into skiing or super into hockey. There's people who watch basketball and people watch baseball and people who you know will watch Summer Olympics because it's the Summer Olympics. But Winter Olympics, I think it's a little bit different. So I'm excited for it because I like watching sports and I like watching hockey and I wa- like watching you know the random sports like curling, skeleton, and you know stuff like that. But is it going to be the same? Is it going to go down a little bit? I think we're probably going to see a little bit less of ratings because it just seems like this one is not going to be as good. And especially if they cancel it, I think, I don't know, it's not going to be as good because the Winter Olympics has been going down, in my opinion. And if they keep on with this trend and especially cancel this one, I don't know if there's any if they're going to be able to like come back from it at all. Yeah, obviously we can't control this situation. I mean, obviously we're in a whole different country. But if they were to cancel it again, the the Olympics is just going to lose its aura. That's what's going to yeah. happen. It's just not going to be the same anymore because it's going to turn it's going to turn into like in a, in a track perspective. I'll go here for a second. Like Summer Olympics, all the big Olympic races are huge. But then there's IAFs, there's World Championships that have that. And like if you start like, oh yeah, it's gonna, it could be postponed. It's just going to turn into one of those. And it's like, yeah. no, it's always been bigger. It's always been better ever since it was made in the early 1800s. It's, that's just how it's gone. So the fact of it is we have to make sure that we can make sure to put this on. We have to make sure everybody's safe. And, I mean, this could be, like, we heard from Sean White that this is his last rodeo. So if it gets canceled, we don't know if we're going to see Sean White on the pipe again. And I don't know about you, but I am not ready for that to happen because I've grown up watching him. He was a big inspiration why I got into snowboarding. And I really want to see him put one more performance together before he hangs up his board and bindings one more time. Yeah. I don't know. It just, like, especially Olympics in general, like, that 2008 Summer Olympics and that 2010 Winter Olympics. Oh, yeah. Greatest ever, oh, in yeah. my opinion. I mean, especially Fantastic. that's, like, one of the only first, like, ones I can actually remember. But, like, that 2008 Summer Olympics was full of just, like, I mean, you had one of the greatest USA basketball teams other than the Dream Team in the 80s. You had one of the greatest basketball teams in USA history you had you know baseball playing as well which was pretty solid you just had a whole bunch of like great athletes for USA and I think that was like the last time that like we've been able to see that where actually all the greatest athletes in the United States of America are playing and then you go to the Winter Olympics when you know hockey was big that was like one of the last times where it was like legitimately like all of like the greatest hockey players of all time or hockey players of our generation, at least, were playing uh, for the Winter Olympics. And that was crazy because, like, that was when USA went to went to the gold medal game against Canada. And, like, Canada was, like, star-studded. They had, like, everybody. They had Taves, Crosby. I mean, we had, like, we had, you know, the start of Patrick Kane era, like, when he was ridiculous. We had all of these guys who were so good. And I think just the, the caliber of Olympic play has just gone down. And I don't know. It's a little bit sad to see. So I'm really hoping it picks up. Uh, especially coming for this this upcoming Olympics, but you know, time will tell. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I, I guess I'll put one last thought. The fact of the Players Association, the NHL, making yeah, they wanted to try to get everybody together to see what the decision was in the Olympics, and the fact that they're not going to participate, it's just gonna, it's really just gonna take a toll on viewership in hockey because it, it's just hard when you're like. You want the best of the best playing for your country. 
Simple as that. When you don't have some of the big-time American players on the ice for Team USA, it just doesn't feel the same. Like, we're going to have to hope for the 1980 miracle once again. That That's just what's going to have to happen. When you have to play with some some, some players from the ECHL, the AHL, all these other, other leagues that, you know, they're good, but are they good enough to beat some of these other teams? You know, Canada, Russia. It's just, it's just going to be hard. So... I mean, it's going to be fun to still watch. I mean, it's going to be the best of the best, going to be fighting it out. But without the big names, it just doesn't feel the same, you know? That's just what the Olympics are all about. So, yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah. But thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure that you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at the MVSP to find out more information and notification on the podcast. You can follow us on Spotify, Apple, Castbox, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, YouTube now. Oh. to watch out the shows so make sure that you check those out and subscribe and follow wherever you are following joe take care everybody